0: This is Up to Date on KCUR 89.3. I'm Steve Kraske. Kansas City Police Chief Stacy Graves rounded off her first year heading the department with a record high homicide rate and is starting the new year off with a disturbing video of off-duty officers using what some consider to be excessive force on a patron in the Power and Light District. Chief Graves is here in the studio with me. And, Chief, welcome back. Always good to have you here. Thanks good for morning. taking some time. Thank you so much for having me. I want to begin by asking you about this video making its rounds on social media and in some news organizations in town, in which some of your officers are seen arresting a black woman at power and light. The woman is reported to have suffered both physical and mental injuries as a result of her handling by the officers who were off duty at the time chief. The video shows one officer with a hand on the woman's head, forcing it down into the pavement, as well as using derogatory language, questioning if she wanted to act like an animal. What's your assessment of what happened here?
1: Yeah, so my assessment of, of what happened, we were made aware of it earlier this week. And whenever our department is is made aware of something like this, it, it activates a lot of different things. So I, I do want, want people to know that, and I've, I've talked about that in the, in the past. Of of how we handle these situations, and in this particular instance, our executive staff obviously reviews the the video footage that was provided to us. Um, that then sparks um, a lot of different things, and, and and one of those things is if we are provided a video or if there is a complaint of a of excessive force, uh, that. That initiates the memorandum of understanding that we have with our state and federal partners. Uh, anytime that a video such as this um, where excessive force is alleged, this is something that that we provide our partners that gives an outside look to it. But we still do review that internally and in this situation and uh, fairness of the the woman and um, our members we have got to look at the whole situation obviously in this in the, in the, the place where this occurred um, there's more cameras so we want to make sure that we look at the the whole situation in its entirety and because this is is under investigation there are things that that I have to be careful to talk about because I right. don't want to um, give any type of undue um, Undo attention in one way or another about this. I want I want to make sure that it is is clean and investigated uh, thoroughly.
0: Do you have an initial reaction based on what you've seen?
1: You know, um, speaking to it, uh, I've I've looked at what or I've I've read what has been alleged. Um, I've looked at at the video. Obviously, um, I want to see the whole. Picture. I I I need to see like like how um, how injuries occurred. You know some of the things that that were were alleged. I want to make sure that that's all looked at. I I can guarantee you a fair review of this incident. Um,
0: and this review includes uh, law enforcement that goes beyond the Kansas City, Missouri Police Department. If I hear you correctly,
1: uh, just the whole whole incident in its entirety. All
0: right, who else takes a look?
1: Uh, so you'll have our prosecutors that take a look and anytime that that's that memorandum of understanding if there is any kind of allegation of, uh, excessive use of force, we share that with our, with the prosecutor in the county that it occurred and also with our federal partners. So they do a review of that. Um, but obviously there's going to be, um, an internal review of that situation. Uh, you'd be surprised how many things that, that, that we look at, even if it doesn't rise to this right here, of um, we're very reflective. Uh, we we evaluate um, some various situations, and obviously with use of force, there's use of force that um, where the force applied is 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 uh, what it should be in that situation, and obviously that's dictated by the the arrest or the suspect. And we we look at ask our uh, PTDT guys, our our defensive tactics guys, hey, see this situation is this something that we could have. Could have done better. That, that's generally speaking.
0: Okay. The, the timing of this strikes me as really unfortunate, at least on one level, because you've talked on this program and elsewhere in the community about your very uh, deliberate, diligent efforts to get out uh, to the east side, to the black community and mend relations there. Something like this strikes me as not helpful.
1: Um, you know, anytime something like this comes to light, um, and when I say this, this is uh you know, uh, the statements by, uh, the woman that was arrested, um, and, and the video and, and the response from that. Anytime something like this happens, it's, it's, it's not good for, for anyone. I mean, it's not good for our city. It's not good for the police department. And obviously when you're, um, trying to continue to trust build and, um, trying to restore the relationship between the police department and, and our communities and our neighborhoods, um, you know, this is this is something that, you know, kind of gets in between that those efforts.
0: We have one reaction to this video. This is Justice Gatson, founder and director of the Real Justice Network. Let's listen to her reaction.
1: So the community, you know, is really frustrated that this continues to happen and there there always seems to be no accountability from police officers or from our police department in regards to um escalation of violence especially towards black people and you know what we're seeing a lot of escalation of violence towards black women in particular so it's quite frustrating to our community
0: i'm wondering how you'll deal with reactions like that going forward
1: sure i've i've uh, heard the frustrations in fact i was um i had a lot of phone calls yesterday with um people that i know and respect in our community and we had we've we're having these conversations and, and me as a police chief you know when when situations like this come to my attention um i think people need to first pause and allow us and our partners to review this incident in its entirety to judge a whole entire um situation on that video and, and there are things that you can glean from that video that you watch, you know, um, you you have to look at the the whole picture. Yeah. Um, And the mayor's
0: out this morning saying that uh, he's glad there's been no immediate rush to judgment here based on what we're hearing so far. Yeah.
1: Right. And I think that um, I will tell you from some of my phone calls last night, um, which I'm glad that I have that relationship with people in our neighborhoods that they feel comfortable. And and I'm accessible Mm -hmm. and they're calling and we're having these conversations. But um, I really appreciated what he said. Speaking of the mayor this morning, he was spot on. Um, We've got to pause and make sure that we give this this whole incident uh, a, a look of it in its entirety and not judge um, this incident based on just one snippet of, of footage.
0: One more question about this. Are off-duty officers subject to reprimand through the department for actions they take uh, working as private citizens?
1: Yes. Anytime you are representing yourself as a Kansas City, Missouri police officer um, – then obviously you are you are subjected to our policies, our procedures, our um, rule of conduct. I mean, all of those things.
0: Yeah. When do you expect to to know more about this and speak again about it publicly?
1: I'm I'm not sure. I'm I. It, that all depends on how fast we can collect all of the um, video footage yeah. that that's outside of this video, um, interviews, um, you know, it, it's a, during the course of an investigation that could, that could happen as early as a week or it could be a little bit longer than that. But I do know that situations like this, I acknowledge that there is a sense of urgency in the community. So I just want to put that out there. I got you
0: well let's turn to a different topic it's also not incredibly it's you know it's also fraught with pain we had this record setting homicide rate in the city last year 182 homicides in 2023 i want to read some stats from the kcpd homicide analysis on the number of homicides beginning in 23 and then and going back in time 182 last year, 170 in 2022, 157 in 2021, 179 in 2020, 151 in 2019. Chief, that's a lot of death in our community. Devastating numbers for our our residents and some of this obviously happening on your tenure. Where is dealing with this on your priority list these days? What's happening on this front?
1: Uh, I can tell you this has been a top priority since I've come into this position. I've spoken that out. I um, first started by uh, listening and and talking to people in neighborhoods that are experiencing the violence and trying to say, what what can the police do in some of these situations? Because I'm going to tell you, when you look at those homicide numbers, you'll see there was 182 people killed in Kansas City by violence and if if anyone listening to this um thinks that they shouldn't be concerned if you're a resident of Kansas City just because it's not happening in your neighborhood you should be concerned and all last year um i my my efforts were put towards connecting building relationships and bring people together for a citywide approach to violent crime and i i feel like a broken record saying that but it's going to take everyone in our city to come together to really make some strides in violent crime And that's everywhere from um uh starting in the home in our, our our um our our schools um you know every all, all different types of places. What you're saying is people. this is
0: not just a police department problem. It's
1: not. We are. I. I. I would love to be the the solution, the end all be all, but it's not. It's a community problem. We have a culture of violence in Kansas City, um, and we need to break that. And I'm. I'm. The number of last year of the 182 is um is disturbing to me. If you if you break that down, 67 of those homicides, the contributing factor was. An argument. Uh, Twenty-two were domestic violence. Um, I, I believe it was uh, eighteen or retaliatory. You know, it's it's those kinds of, of situations that make it difficult for the police to prevent. Uh, sometimes, you know, even people don't even know they're going to get into right. an argument and then settle it with gun violence. That's another problem that 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 we're facing is that um, we have people who who are armed get into a, an argument. And it immediately goes to gun violence.
0: Review for us, if you would, what steps have you been taking to begin to deal with this? We've talked in here any number of times about the Omaha model and Mm -hmm. trying to sort of track that. They've had a lot of success in Nebraska at dealing with homicides in that city. What have you done?
1: Okay, so we have really been in all places talking to all people. And it's not just talking, it's action. Um, You know, we are present in KC 360 in some of those those conversations. Um, that's, and, the Omaha. And actions. that's, that's us yeah, tracking Casey Omaha, right. Yes. Um we have a shoot review every Wednesday where we bring in um all of our other law enforcement partners to to collaborate and make sure that if there's a risk for retaliation, we're, we're reaching out to people to to make sure that we are are stopping any potential additional violence. Um, we're also instituting some evidence-based models. One of those is focused deterrence. We're already underway. That will be included in the crime plan that I plan to release this week. And let me tell you something about this crime plan, okay? Okay. This is not. There is no crime plan on this earth that will encapsulate everything that, that police do. Mm-hmm. But this, but this will lay out some evidence based strategies that KCPD is is doing. As a chief of police, I it, I feel I have the the responsibility and the obligation to tell the people of Kansas City. What their police department is doing, especially coming off a record uh, number of homicides
0: last year. Can you just give us a quick preview? Like what's one thing that you might highlight this week that people will be interested in knowing about?
1: Focus deterrence. Uh, Which means? Okay, so focus deterrence is where you have – you're looking at social groups. You you look at who our crime drivers are in, in our city. Crime drivers are subjected to enforcement. Sometimes, when you have crime drivers, you'll have a, a social group that's that's around those crime drivers where they're kind of on the peripheral. Those are the people that we want to reach with with social services or outreach, or if they choose themselves to to um, not partake or be in and around violent crime. those those are our people in our city that we're hoping that we can divert um their path.
0: So you want to focus on the perpetrators and the people surrounding them. What's your experience, uh, Chief, in terms of how open these individuals are to accepting the kind of help you're talking about?
1: Um, honestly, some of them aren't, and some of them are. But we've got to we've got to try to get in there. We have the um, we we are 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 much better situated than we were when we tried Focus deterrence in the past, that was through Casey Nova, um, that, that had a great result um, for, for one reason or another. It wasn't sustainable. Um,
0: today- Why wasn't that sustainable? Because a lot of leaders in the community regret the decision to move away from the Casey Nova model. And we went back to a more traditional law enforcement response during the tenure of your predecessor. What was so wrong with- Why wasn't it sustainable?
1: You know, um, I think that there was a, a couple different things. I don't think there's one thing that you can point to um but for i uh, and i i really can't give you a, a direct is it answer expensive? here today is that a big issue um, no i will tell you like on the social services side of that which is you know obviously um we do have social workers on the police department embedded in each one of our patrol division stations sure. but outside of that um services that we don't we're not direct service providers um we're much better situated today with all of the not-for-profit um uh social service organizations in Kansas City. like You have relationships
0: with them and they're helping you.
1: 100%. Um, mm. uh, and that's through City Hall with Partners for Peace, um, headed by Melissa Johnson. She um, is kind of like the umbrella for a lot of those social service agencies. And I will tell you, as someone who would be on a scene of, let's say, a homicide, you sometimes you would have those groups and they would be, um, I don't want to say competing with each other, but there might be a little bit of... Um, a little bit of feelings rivalry, yeah you know. a little bit of rivalry that's mm-hmm. a word thank you yeah. um i don't feel that anymore um, that Partners for Peace, they've all been kind of brought under that umbrella. They all come together and they they say, hey, I have someone who um, was a victim of violent crime. They need uh, relocation services and counseling. And in that room, you'll have someone um, who will say, hey, I'll help them with this. Hey, I will offer them counseling. So you'll have um, – we're all working together under that one umbrella. So You're we're better con- situated that way.
0: You're convinced that this approach, which in some ways mirrors the Omaha approach, is the path forward for Kansas City a more comprehensive, a citywide
1: uh, a approach to violence, services-based
0: crime. approach to getting these numbers down?
1: Services, yes, but there's also that enforcement piece. The police department is still involved in the enforcement business.
0: Meaning, and, I, and that means translate that for me. That means what, what? That means
1: is if you're involved in violent crime, if you are causing harm in Kansas City, if you are hurting the people of Kansas City, if you are are uh, if you are involved in violence. You are subject to enforcement.
0: And your department knows who these people are.
1: Yes, we are. Yes. In fact, we've already done uh, one of the first steps of focus deterrence, and it's called a group audit. So that's when our, our officers come in and we talk about, um, we identify and talk about who is our who are our crime drivers in Kansas City.
0: Mm-hmm. And do you ever go out and get them and sit them down and say, we know who you are, we know what you're doing, and it's going to stop? I mean, is it that, that kind of That is
1: what the call-in is for focus deterrence. We bring people in, but I will tell you, if someone, um, if someone has charges, or if we know someone is a a suspect of a of a of violence, that there's no like, hey, do this, and we won't charge you with this. That does not happen. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes people get that confused, and focus attorneys, They think, well, hey, this is a second chance. It's not a second chance. If you are committing violence in Kansas City, you are subject to enforcement. If you want, if if you um are in that peripheral or if you are, are wanting to stop a life of violent crime we can we can forge you that way but if you have committed a violent act you are still subject to enforcement
0: We'll be right back I should mention that I'm visiting with uh, Kansas City, Missouri Police Chief Stacy Graves. You know, I should point out that so far this year, we're off to a relatively good start. Five homicides so far this year compared to 15 at this time a year ago in the record-setting year. Should I take anything from that?
1: Um, I'm always hesitant. Um, In fact, if there was something that I could knock on wood here, I would. Um, I am... I'm optimistic about those numbers, but but still, that's still five lives. That's still five lives of people who were taken uh, by violence in Kansas City, and it's February 8th.
0: Hmm. I can't help but point out that just across the state line, former KCPD officer and now KCK police chief Carl Oakman had the lowest number of homicides on record last year, is there some conversation happening between these departments to bring maybe what they're doing over here?
1: Absolutely, we have. Um, we've talked to Carl, uh, one of our um, one of our bureau commanders has, has has reached out to him to talk about our fentanyl issue here in Kansas City. Um, yeah, we are we are collaborative, and I, I I will tell you that's that's something also of of who I am as a person is that. I'm not afraid to ask if someone is doing something well hey, what are you doing over there maybe we can we can replicate that over here yeah. um, but I will say we are two different cities um um two different fields. I grew up in Kansas City, Kansas so I am I am you know so thankful mm-hmm. of chief oakman and what he's doing over there that's 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 where i grew up um there is a large sense of of community over there that that i wholeheartedly appreciate but if there's some tactics that they're doing over there i mean we're open we're open to look at it that's one thing about the kansas City, missouri police department since i've grown up here uh <laughs> i've had 27 years uh, it'll be 27 years in april but we are always like self-reflective it seems you know we're always re-evaluating hey if this doesn't work let's try this right. um, and we're not afraid to try new things uh and i also attend major city chiefs conferences so i i get to talk to my peers you know and, and sometimes it's those it's it's lunchtime after we're out you know taking a break from presentations and we have conversations and i'm like hey chief so-and-so yeah. from somewhere else how are you handling this street racing problem over in your your city. Hey, what what ordinances do you have for this? Or uh, how are you facing violent crime? I mean, this is is why they bring all of us together.
0: One change you've made is some changes to the shifts that officers are working themselves, uh, Chief. You're implementing 11-hour shifts for patrol officers to get more officers on the street during critical times. How much impact has that have? How much impact do you think it will have?
1: Well, I think it's too early to tell right now, but the 11-hour shift has a double benefit. Um, it puts more officers on the street. We've, we've also changed the times that they, they come in, uh, to make sure that we have an officers available to respond to 911 calls for service and whatever happens in our city that we're ready and we're equipped and we're staffed for. Which has been a
0: big issue in this town for a number of years. Yes,
1: And so, um, you know, having that deployment of officers, I hope is going to be a benefit. I think we're like just like maybe two or three weeks in, um, I've heard good And bad, because there's always going to be some bumps in the road, because this is a big change. We haven't changed our shift since I was a a baby officer at East Patrol. Um, And this
0: is asking a lot of your officers, right? They have to be far more flexible in their work days. That means disruptions to their their family time. It's a big change.
1: Right. They went from the 10-hour to the 11-hour. The one good thing about um, the benefit for them is is something else that I looked at. I mean, I looked at the twelve hour shift and really sometimes you you'd work twelve hour shift and you just have two days off here and three. So you're if you're on like our our overnight, our dog watch shift, it's not enough time to recover. This shift, it's it's eleven hours. It's four on, four off. So our officers have that that time where they can take four days guaranteed after every four day work week that they can decompress and um get some rest and and that was one of the problems with um the 10 hour plan because it's very staff intensive yeah. and um sometimes it was hard to get a day off
0: again police chief stacy graves is my guest let's turn to a radically different topic here and it's what so many people are talking about these days chief and that's the city's planning for yet another super bowl uh parade which we're anticipating next week as taylor swift might say Based on her song title, are you ready for it? Are we ready yes. for another another parade?
1: 100%. Are we? Um, yeah. Yes. We have been planning. Well, I don't want to be superstitious. But well, we've uh, been planning for any kind of celebration such yeah. as this um, Sure. for weeks, months. Um, also, we've done it two times before so how much does time, that
0: help the fact we've been here before
1: It help it, it tremendously helps you know the the first time um, we actually did tabletop exercises. I mean we got to be ready for everything and and we are And each time we do this, this is why it's, it's even more helpful. Each time we do this we're like okay we could have we could have done this better mm-hmm. we, If we do this it'll be safer. So each time we, we go back and do this we're tweaking it just a little bit to get better and better. And I can't say how important it is that um, that the agencies that surround Kansas City, Missouri, them helping us by providing their officers to help us keep our city safe.
0: You know, there's been a, a lot of talk, uh, and it's just speculation that if uh, that when the Chiefs win this game on Sunday, uh, we might have a parade and uh, a crowd size that's vastly bigger than we've had before because of the woman whose name I mentioned a couple of minutes ago, Taylor Swift. Let's listen to a little clip here from Councilman Crispin Rea talking about the potential of crowd size this next week. Several
1: months ago, when the council was discussing its uh, big events budget, we were talking about the potential of having to set aside money for Super Bowl. Um, and I made the comment that, um, you know, there's a chance that if the Chiefs make it win the Super Bowl, uh, Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift are still dating. And if that's the case, there's a chance that she might be on a double decker bus riding down Grand or whatever street it goes down in our parade, which would mean Uh, You should probably more than double the size of the uh, expected attendees and the things we need to do as a city to prepare for that.
0: Chief, double the size of the potential crowd. That's what uh, Councilman Raya just said. That strikes me as extraordinary because if I remember the crowd last year and I was down there, it was pretty hefty then.
1: It was hefty then. And, you know, the last two Super Bowl parades, it was sub-zero temperatures. I don't know if it was sub-zero, mm-hmm. but it sure in the heck felt like it when you're out there standing on concrete. But it won't be concrete. next week. But it won't be next week. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so that might even um that might even bring even more people just because the weather's just not going to be so frigid this year, but we're ready. We we are ready. We have um like I said, we we've made improvements. We're going to make this a, a, another safe celebration.
0: How many officers on your force would be assigned to this victory parade if uh, when this thing happens?
1: It'd probably be easier for me to tell you how many aren't.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, wait, 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 like is... all six of them. Yeah, or what? Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, we're pulling people from. Uh, obviously, we'll have all our commanders out. Um, we will bring people from investigations out. This is this is a department wide situation. But at the same time, the reason why we bring out in outside resources like other police departments... And you bring us, in lots
0: of outside resources. Yes,
1: because we still have to have officers on the street to handle uh, our usual police responsibilities while this is going on.
0: So how many? 500? 1,000? are we looking at I think we had here? 800. 800.
1: 800. Wow. 800. Last After year. the
0: 2023 parade, there was a lot of frustration because k- the KCPD officers weren't paid by the city for the overtime accrued, and Mayor Lucas's security detail. Who ultimately ended up paying all that?
1: Um, well, I can tell you that's not going to that. That's not an issue this year. We are are working with uh, the sports commission. That's going to be just part of one of those the, the costs.
0: Meaning the Chiefs are going to pay some of that, not or not the.
1: Chi- um, I don't know where okay. that comes from. from. And you from know, somewhere. I just got I just know that, you know, we are going to be compensated for our for our overtime this year. It's 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 not gonna be a problem.
0: So it's it's gonna it's been worked out.
1: it's been worked out. Okay. Absolutely.
0: Well I'm gonna thank uh, police chief uh Stacy Grace from Kansas City, Missouri for coming in and talking to us today about all this. And uh Chief, you have a lot on your plate. Thanks for sharing your views. It's always appreciated.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. we got a lot of work to do, but we're going to get it done. Sounds good. Thank you.
0: Up to Date is a production of KCUR 89.3. The program is produced by Zach Wilson, Elizabeth Ruiz, Claudia Brancart, and Hallie Jackson. Our intern is Lauren Texter. Paul Nakatura works our board. The theme music was composed by the great Bobby Watson. I'm Steve Kraske. Thanks for listening.